Welcome to All the Nuggets. Thank you so much for being part of the Nugget crew. I am your host, Miranda Reyes with Miranda Madison Events, and I am so grateful that you are sharing a part of your day with me. Enjoy this podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I have Miss Belinda on the line, and we have connected through Instagram, and I'm super excited to share her story um, with you all today, um, let, let you all know about her company. But Belinda, why don't you go ahead, let everyone know um, about your company, how long you've been in business for, um, and really just chat about you for a moment. Sure. Um, so I'm from the Seattle, Washington area. I have a company called Happy Camper Cocktail Company. It's a garden to glass mobile bar company. And we really started with the idea of disrupting the typical event bar that you see, a black tablecloth on a six-foot table and the same cocktails that you see over and over. Yeah. We wanted to make that bar experience, that event, more of an experience, more of that, like, dazzle and magic uh-huh. and uh-huh. all of those things. So we wanted to really take also the farm-to-table concept that you see in so many restaurants these days, um, although when I started in 2016, it wasn't quite as many but take that same expectation that people have when they go out to dinner to really have a high-quality ingredient in mm-hmm. their drink or their food mm-hmm. and bring that to the event bar sure. in a way, you know, it hadn't been done before, um, really, that I knew of at all. Mm-hmm. It certainly wasn't being done in Seattle, and we sure. were also really one of the first mobile bars operating out of, like, a vintage vehicle we launched with um, a 1957 little camper bar. Okay. And we were one of the first people in the country to do this concept. And so it was uh, a big adventure starting out, trying to figure it all out. Sure. Trying to, you know, get the liquor control board in our state to understand what it was I was trying to do, trying Uh to get the health department to understand what it was. Sure. You know, they were like, are you a food truck? Are you, you know, sell drinks on the street, you know? I mean, even back then, you know, it was a trailblazer moment for you, I'm sure, at least. Um, And it was just 
cool. And I mean, especially being up in the Seattle area with, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, Boeing, you know, all these heavy hitters here in the tech, but then also, I mean, just business world in general, you know, that's wine and dining is definitely a, and I mean, just putting events on in general <laughs> is definitely yeah, a big thing. Yeah, there's so many events that yeah. happen in our area. There's oh, yeah. so much corporate event opportunity. Yeah, um, yeah. And I knew that, you know, like we were in competition as recruiters sure. with all these other tech companies yeah. for winning the talent. Sure. And so everyone was trying to constantly one-up each other. You right, know? So right. Like, I was part of a, a small team that planned this intern event every year where, I mean, our budget, I can't say how much, but it was insane. Like, right, right. Dave Matthews came and played Oh, my year, gosh. And Lamore came and did a private concert what? every year. And, like, <laughs> I got to meet these people and, like, work with the, the teams that booked them and I got all of this really great corporate events experience yep. in planning these kind of things yep. and realized how much budget there uh-huh. is on that side of the uh-huh. events world. And I think a lot of people, when they think events, just think like birthday parties. Uh-uh. Nope. Um, but it's <laughs> so much more, oh, yeah. um, not just lucrative, but like it's a lot easier often to plan those types of events because the people you're working with are more experienced in event planning sure. versus somebody planning a wedding. It's probably their first big event they yeah. ever planned. And, right. and that's a learning process for them as a client. So sure. Yeah, I really enjoy the corporate side of things. And that, that was my goal from the start was to move in that direction. Although I'll say that for the first two years, I did mostly weddings because it is a hard space to kind of it is. get into, yeah. even though I already had a network. Right, right. It's... Know, Right, and then getting it in touch with the right people, you know, and just gosh, it then they call it a corporate veil for a reason, you know, because yeah. I mean, that's what it really is. And you and I honestly getting into the planning side of things, I also said the same thing about myself. I was like, Yeah, I want to only do corporate or social, like, I don't even want to do weddings. And then the more you get into it and the start, you're like, Oh man, but weddings is where they'll actually pay for the beginning, you know. Um, yeah. So it's it's just that realization of it, though, you know, real quick. So, I mean, now then, are you know, being four years in, are you finding yourself more into the corporate gigs? We definitely have put more of a focus on that, uh-huh. partly as a differentiator because it's something we do really well, sure. and it's something that um, sets us apart from now there are other mobile bars in our area, right? Mm -hmm. And so they might still be going after more of the wedding clientele, and I'm really working the corporate angle. Corporate, yeah. Um, But it's also a way for us to work more during the week, and for like happy hour type Mm -hmm. hours, you can get booked on a Wednesday at 4 p.m. versus Mm -hmm. having every Saturday in the summer. You know, Mm -hmm. our wedding season here in Washington is basically June through September. Everyone's trying to get married the same four months, and so it's as a vendor trying to maximize your Hard. year, you're, you're never going camping with your family on right, the weekend. So right. um, that's where I had started setting limits. I, I wanted to challenge myself. Can I still grow my business from a, like a profit standpoint, mm-hmm. but block off weekends because I have two young boys and I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Cute. And that's really important to me to yeah, be able to yeah. do things with them on the weekend. Sure. Summer, you know, yeah. The yeah. time of year we wait for all year around here. It's the only time it doesn't rain. Right. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I know it's hard, um, you know, really just juggling, you know, mom life and, you know, business life because 
especially at that age, you know, I know they're really at a lucrative age when, you know, they're in the soccer games and they're, you know, doing all these things. And they're, I mean, obviously, when I want to look for mom, you know, <laughs> to be in the yeah. stands and have mom sit and watch them, you know, make that, you know, do whatever they're doing, you know, so, um, no, that's really cool, though. So then, um, I, I mean, say, though, I, we still do a lot of weddings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love weddings. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect to love them as much as I do. Right. And I don't know why, because I'm kind of a sap, but, like, I still cry <laughs> at almost every wedding. Uh-huh. I know our brides and grooms yeah. really well, and I think that by taking on less weddings a year, I've actually really found that our services that we're providing to our wedding clients are so much better, because oh, yeah. it's much more personal. We sure. have the time to do a full tasting with them. We get to know them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like my brain is in five different places on their wedding day. I right. feel like I'm really committed to their day. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so then, you know, with you being the true trailblazer that you are up in the Pacific Northwest, I mean, and even beyond, um, starting the mobile bar business, um, what did your journey kind of look like? How did you Man, come about it? <laughs> um, well, so the true trailblazers are always the Australians, right? They do all the cool stuff. Uh-huh, so yeah. I actually modeled my business after one in Australia called the Tom Collins Caravan Bar mm-hmm. that I found online. And um, and it actually is kind of a combination because there's a cupcake trailer that was um, shot by Jose Vila in California. Uh-huh. Um, and so I originally thought it was going to cupcake trailer because uh-huh. I was like that is the cutest thing I've ever seen yeah. I love to bake I mean I'm literally making sourdough right now during this podcast <laughs> but I realized that like your profit margin on cupcakes sucks yeah so, yeah and when I started running numbers I, I you know I wanted a business that would be successful so sure. um when I decided to really like dive into the cocktail thing it was really figuring out what services that I think were missing from the market, what mm-hmm. did I think would help set me apart to be able to drive a price that would make the, the numbers actually work mm-hmm. um, for me to, you know, spend as much time doing this, and that was the garden to glass concept, um, okay. but at the time, I couldn't get a liquor license, so uh, okay. every state's liquor laws are very different, but sure. in Washington at the time, you couldn't be a cocktail caterer who sold alcohol oh. unless you owned your own restaurant. Um, and we didn't. So sure. we put together our whole plan was based off of just mixers and basically providing everything except the alcohol. So it was mm-hmm. BYOB. When we would arrive, the clients would have the alcohol they're waiting for us, sure. and we would go to work. And the reason that worked well for us is because we are making these craft-style cocktails with fresh squeezed juices, yep. you know, house-made bitters, yep. delicious syrups and fun flavors, yep. rhubarb vanilla and lemon chamomile. And mm-hmm. when you add all that goodness in, it didn't necessarily matter the quality of the alcohol as much. Yeah. And that was a big um, kind of change point in the first couple of years. When you didn't have your liquor license, it was like, I had no idea what I was going to walk into. Mm-hmm. Usually mm-hmm. the client bought the wrong thing, the wrong size. Right, right. They bought something less expensive, you know, so that happened a lot. Um, so, yeah, we operated as like a mixer company, essentially, okay. um, for the first couple of years. And then we ended up working towards getting our own liquor license, which meant that we had to build a kitchen. We didn't have to have a full-on restaurant, but we had to have a kitchen. Mm. 
Okay. And so we invested about $12,000 and again did it all ourselves. Um, my camper, my husband and I renovated ourselves. Okay. Um, and then from there we kept adding more bars. So now we have wooden bars that we've built. Everything that we've done is, you know, completely custom from the ground up. Wow. Now we've added the kitchens and now we have our liquor license. So we're able to do cash bars and really expand the types of events that we can work. Um, we have a food menu. We do mostly like grazing tables, snacks, desserts, that kind of thing. But we do have a food menu, which is a requirement of us being able to sell alcohol. Sure. Um, and the business just looks really different today than when it started. But, yeah. Um, the same kind of tenant culture. You know, we've, we've got our reputation is based off of our drinks and then the fact that we try to make it a really personal service. I sure, look at, you yeah. know, wedding planners and, you know, people like you mm-hmm. who put so much time and attention into getting to know their clients. And then I looked at, like, the bartending catering companies and I didn't see that same level of interaction. Sure, and so I yeah. decided, like, if you did this, if you really put some personality into a catering company, I think that would be, you know, really well-received. Yeah, 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 for sure. So then... And along the way, I had my kids. So right. <laughs> I literally breastfed him in, like, every parking ride from here to, like, Snohomish, which is, like, two hours away in a popular wedding area. Like, he would come with me to drop off bars when he was three weeks old. I'm not kidding. Like, it was crazy. Straight hustle. That I had him. Yeah. Insane. But yeah. I really wouldn't change it either, like, being able to work with your kids or yep. around your kids' schedule yep. and be there during the week sure. and the hours that they need you the most and sure. then working at night has really worked for me as a mom. Sure, yeah. And, I mean, just to really have them be in that environment of seeing you hustle, seeing you, you know, run your business, you know, really breeds more, I feel like, entrepreneurs in this industry. And, I mean, whether it's events or whatever it is, you know, maybe even have them come and work with you, obviously, when they are, you know, of age and can help maybe deliver bars for you guys and um, do do what you guys do. But I feel like that's, I mean, the fun part, you know, when you can really truly make it a family totally. business. Um yeah. And just be like, okay, now we're going here and now we're doing this, you know. So, um, I mean, with everything that has been, you know, just moving and shaking for you, um, where do you see yourself then in five years? So, um, from the very first event we ever did, my sister, who is a farmer and um, was actually helping me out that day, you know, when you first start, you just are like, whoever can help, come. Mm-hmm. Um, she that very first day was like you need to sell your mixers people keep asking how they make them at home they want to make this drink again but they don't know how um, you should do that and I was like you're crazy I'm literally at my very first event for my first company that I just started like go away right. <laughs> don't me, I need to do more right. uh, but she was right and two years later I agreed with her um, and by that time now my sister throws most of what we put into our mixers and into our syrups and what is served at events. So she has a, a full edible flower and herb farm now. I slowly took over her garlic fields and so now oh, it's cool. all a cocktail farm. So we launched our uh, mixer company where we sell the syrups and um, other products that go into our event drinks and have really become well known mm-hmm. and highly desired. So that's called Simple Goodness Sisters. And that's oh, where cute. we have the same kind of drinks um, 
from our little cocktail farm, which is called Triple Goodness Farm, which is, you know, kind of a, a family name that refers to our uh, grandmother. Oh, no, that's really fun, though. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like you guys are just straight family business and, you know, hustles everywhere, you know, which is awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, we grew up in a family business, so okay. it kind of feels natural. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so then, is there any, I know you, you know, we're kind of chatting about some Australian markets and, you know, kind of how they do everything first. Is there any current Instagram accounts that you are currently fangirling over or that you look to for inspiration? Oh, that's a great question. You know, to be honest, I've Nothing back. I think like a lot of people have been from social media during this quarantine. Sure. Um, and I don't know if it's like new people, but a lot of the people in the Seattle area just continue to inspire me over and over. And it's not that they're like reinventing the wheel, but sometimes I think the the most classic thing done really, really well is mm-hmm. you know the most impactful. Sure. Um, and so there's like certain photographers who do that, like um, Carrie Jean Photography mm-hmm. in our area, and um, the Sullivans. And I really love like Carrie does everything on film, and she's just captured this very like romantic kind of ethereal kind of this beautiful um, vibe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so less of like a a new thing. The Australian grazing tables still, I get total inspiration from them. Mm-hmm. They kind of invented the grazing table as far as I know, and sure. I check those out a lot. Um, I'm also loving the new mobile bar owners. There's people all across the country now owning mobile bars. It's blown up, and I actually spoke at a conference this last February about oh, cool. um, Garden Glass and how these you know bar owners can kind of incorporate that into what they're doing. But mm-hmm. some of them, I like. I walked away being like, "Man, you should have taught something on this." Because, like, when I, for instance, is doing these like waffle pops mm-hmm. and all of those like waffle and pancake boards. That you oh yeah. Pinterest, you know? uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just like so cute. It's just like waffles on a stick that are like dipped in something and then dipped in sprinkles or yep. chocolate chips or yep. something. And I love waffles. And yeah. Like, so brilliant! Like, what a cute idea for right. a festival. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, so I'm very like driven by, and what I, most of the Instagram accounts that I follow sure. are mostly like food and okay. cleaning yeah. and like yeah. how to make a really beautiful drink and sure. a new way to garnish something. So that's really what I've got my eye on. Yeah, no, that's super fun. And I feel like Seattle itself has, gosh, so many food fests. I mean, at least in the summertime and, you know, praying that they all come back over the summer, but I guess it'll just only time will tell but um, I actually have family up in the Seattle area and I know one summer we went to taste of Tacoma and that was crazy and it was so good but there was like donut bacon cheeseburgers and like all these insane foods that I was like this is so good <laughs> yeah we have a really really great restaurant and food scene here yeah. it like, makes me very my heart feel heavy right now with everything going on so I know, many restaurants yeah. are going to close uh-huh. and so many restaurants that were set to open yep. probably aren't going to be able to now sure um so i hope that my hope is that best case scenario with everything going on a lot of innovation occurs that sure. more people are able to go to delivery or mobile uh-huh. um or you know table their idea for a couple of years and come back even stronger because sure. It's something that 
I think sets our city apart. Sure. So many passionate people. Oh yeah. Distilleries, breweries, wineries. Like I don't think people fully grasp how amazing the state of Washington is at drinking. Right. Um, (laughs) We have we're number two for craft breweries. We're number two for wine in America. Um, we're number two for craft distilleries, and we're number one for cideries. So, oh, like, cow. you can drink everything up here. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, That's awesome, though. Yeah, those are my favorite festivals. They're, like, yeah. going to Proof or, like, the Northwest Cider Fest. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, what was your dream job when you were a child? Oh, um, I wanted to be a country music singer. Okay. So on career day, I dressed up um, in, like, shafts and, uh, like, a pearl snap button-up mm-hmm. and big hair. Um, I love Dolly Parton. So oh. That's my inspiration there. I love and that. And then, other than that, I wanted to be, um, like, an Ina Garten-type character, like, somebody who is really immersed in food, but not in a single way, like, not just being, like, a restaurant chef or not just being a caterer, but... Her whole career with recipe books and, um, you know, TV, and she just really got this, like, full spectrum of sharing food um, in a really, like, warm and laid-back way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Um, if you could sit down to dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first person who came to mind is actually my grandmother, who passed okay. away, the one that our farm is named after. Mm-hmm. Just because I really miss her, and um, I feel like I did the thing where you try to, she lived a long, beautiful, healthy life. Um, she lived until she was 93 years old, mm-hmm. so we had the opportunity to ask her a lot of questions and sure. be really present and try to, you know, soak up everything that you can, but... Sure. Now that I've become a mother, there are other questions. That yeah, I have asked. yeah. So I kind of wish that I could have could have had those conversations with her. Sure. Um, and she was just um kind of like a saintly figure, you know. She was just raised eight kids, married for over sixty years. Mm-hmm. She could grow anything. Oh. She had like a farm. She made everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. She saved every like little tiny piece of like rubber bands and into rubber yeah. band balls and like foil balls I mean she's just like Everything. the strictest homemaker yeah a really cool person yeah no that's awesome um if you had I mean just come up of a whole bunch of money that you were only allowed to use on your business what would you use oh. it for oh what a fantasy um, <laughs> I know exactly what I use it for. So we, um, for Simple Goodness Sisters, just keep trying to be more impossibly challenging for ourselves every year. And mm-hmm. we're actually building our own production facility slash headquarters right mm-hmm. now. Oh, okay. So I have a lot of renovations, wow. and they are much harder when you're on a very tight budget. Yeah. If I yeah. could just buy every fridge that I wanted. Right. You know, like, <laughs> if money was on objects and I wasn't having to, like, source a, a used a piece of equipment, uh, it would just be so easy if right. you order everything new. Um, right. That's what I would do. But it'll have, like, a, a gift shop. Oh, cool. Um, slash, uh, you know, it'll also have a place where you can actually order a cocktail, uh-huh. a draft cocktail, uh-huh. um, slushies, 
like uh, the most laid back and kid friendly bar you've ever been to. We're really going for like the Starbucks vibe that happens to also have alcohol. Ooh. So it'll be that sounds really fun. Limited. <laughs> yeah, limited hours, kid friendly. Sure. You can't yeah. don't come here and get drunk, but come here and have a really tasty drink, get sure. an ice cream for your kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, really communal space. So it's expensive, and it's in a 1900s building. And we're having to renovate the whole thing, and then we're also trying to put our production in there. So Ooh. right now we use a co-packer, and now we're going to have to get these, like, big tanks and everything. I mean, it is crazy expensive. Holy cow. Well, that sounds like it's, that's, I mean, totally your life, though, literally. Like, the kids can hang out and enjoy themselves, and then the parents can just have a drink, you know, and just relax for a moment. Like, I, I love that. That's such a good idea. <laughs> But um, it's a fantasy, yeah. yeah. Just, we basically are creating where we want to go hang out. Sure, um, yeah. But if you know anyone who wants to give me that money, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All this money just here. You go. <laughs> I'll take it. Right. Um. So I mean, through it sounds like multiple businesses at this point, um, just different learning experiences in general. Um. Off the top of your head, uh, what is a situation that, you know, was definitely a learning experience for you, um, a challenge to overcome, but then you um, ended up getting through it in the end? I have a couple ideas for this. I feel like if you are not, like, challenged and struggling Mm -hmm. every season, then you're probably not growing or, I don't know, maybe you're just superhuman. Um. I had the opportunity to do a really, really big event. Okay. Um, that was, you know, probably like five times the size of what we had done before. Uh-huh. And it was the kind of thing you just say yes to and then you figure it out. Right. Um, and and we actually, we had to pitch it, you know, so you have to like put together your plan and do a pitch um, to the client and hope that they like, you know, your kind of direction and your concept. Mm-hmm. And... Um, move forward as best you can with that and they said yes and so we got we got the contract and we put it all together um I also had just had my baby so oh. it felt really impossible for a little while mm-hmm. like I'm planning this the whole time before I have my kid and then I know that you know a month after I have my son I'm gonna be going and like project managing this huge event sure and having to staff up and find people you trust, having to get a bunch of new vendors in areas that we hadn't had to before. Mm-hmm. Um, things like uh, multiple ice truck deliveries, yep. you know, like... Yeah, logistics, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the logistics. And if I hadn't had my corporate background before, mm-hmm. I don't think I could have just, like, walked into that and sure. done it and sure. known what to do and known what to think about. Right. But we did it, and I think we did a, you know, a fantastic job. Um, the hardest thing about it was feeling like you did such a good job knowing that, you know, you had put so much effort into it and your team really killed it mm-hmm. and then not getting the contract the next year. And it had nothing to do Ugh. with us not doing a good job the first year, yeah. um, but everything to do with, um, budget and just like directional changes. Ouch. And then what was really hard about that is that you proposed like a, you've done a pitch and you've given your, you know, some of the ideas that you have mm-hmm. and some of the ideas that I had brought in the year before, were then kind of like reused the second year. So it was really hard to see like your ideas used in, the, in an event that you're yeah. not actually hired to work at. Sure. Um, 
and that mostly like as how you overcome that is just being realistic that like that yeah. happens all the time in yeah. the events world yeah. you know you do not own an idea or a theme sure. or a concept no. or a color you know like yeah. none of that is yours no. it feels like it you know when you come up with it right. but there's not really such thing as intellectual property in the no. events industry no. and Sometimes you don't get something just because it doesn't work out, or they find a sponsor who's willing to step in and do it instead. And, right. you know, that's not a reflection of you, but you can take things really personally as a business owner. And I think you just have to learn to have very thick skin and then go out and pitch the event next year. You know, like you just keep going and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, just. I feel like a lot of people, you know, whether it's a styled shoot or it's, you know, I mean, obviously wedding or an event itself, you know, a lot of people are moving off of Pinterest, you know, for inspiration, you know, so I mean, whether or not it is that exact thing, um, you know, a lot of the times it is kind of just inspiration off of something, you know, and one of my um, mentors actually told me that um, putting yourself in the mindset of uh, the best compliment that you can get from someone in the industry is when they, I don't want to call it copy, but when they look for look at you for inspiration or look to you for inspiration, you know, so they look to your Instagram to think, oh, that's a really cool bar that they set up. Oh, that's a really cool drink, you know, so it's, and it's, really hard obviously because you know when you're five and you're like oh this person's copying me <laughs> you know yeah. um but it's I mean kind of a little like in that still same space but when she had told me that you know and honestly like we all kind of just copy each other it's like who can almost just do it better or I mean whoever the client kind of jives with you know it's just there's so much work out there that it's like you got to keep moving at that point, you know, like if you sit and dwell on it too yeah. hard, it's just, you'll, you'll just drown yourself, you know, it's not, uh-huh. not doable at the end of the day. Um, so then, off of, yeah, and then off of your end, um, what do you think has been the most unique event that you've ever been a part of? Yeah. And, oh, cool. Um, 
but then like really upscale and mm-hmm. it's just, it's just lovely. Yeah. Isn't it funny though how Obviously, I mean, I'm sure you've seen hundreds of events, you know, but how, I mean, the trend I feel like now is rustic, but then still, like, upscale. Like, and you can, like, dress rustic up super high, or you can totally just go, like, cowboy hats and cowboy boots, you know, so it's crazy, like, the spectrums that rustic can be on, like, but it's cool. I really, I'm digging it for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really, like, regional because... There was a really rustic movement, like a really like farm rustic kind of movement here about like five like years ago. Okay. Um, when I was getting married, because my my sister's wedding was like you sit on hay bales, like the folks are laid out, you know, all of that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and there's still you still see a little bit of that around here. Sure. But now what we're seeing up here is a different type of rustic. It's this very like Pacific Northwest, like almost like camping uh, kind okay. of rustic, where it's like those like old lodges yeah, and like yeah. bonfires with s'mores and you know like bunting instead of floral decorations. You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of rustic. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. it's going in this like different direction. Sure. Yeah. It's just, and I you know, I'm always just curious. I wish we could have, like, a crystal ball and see, like, where the trends are going to move us to next, you know, but um, it's it's been interesting, you know, to definitely play within it and just know that, you know, everyone pretty much wants the same, the same, the same, you know, and when we do finally get something different, I feel like it's like, yes! <laughs> yeah, I love a quirky wedding that just, like, stepped out on its own. We've had... Uh-huh you know, brides and grooms that have, you know, like Star Wars being centerpieces. Oh, cool. And yeah. we had, you know, groom's cake that was, um, like, their cat. And, you know, just, like, fun stuff. And I'm like, I love that because yeah. I think a wedding should be a celebration of the two people who are getting married. I think mm-hmm. it should feel personable. Right. I think when you walk in, it shouldn't just be like a wedding. It should be a reflection of you. And that's sure. what we try to do with the food and drinks is, like, don't get something just because you think everyone will like it. Right, yeah. You know, that's one like, be you. Consider, but be you. And yeah. yeah, get something that's meaningful to you, you know. What drinks did you have on your first date? Or mm-hmm. what is your favorite cocktail to order together? Or, you know, you took the vacation in Mexico that was really special to you, so now you're going to bring back this mezcal margarita that you had when you were there. That kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I think it's fun to tell a story through yeah. each yeah. of the vendors and what they're offering. And so... Telling a story through food and drink is very important to me. Yeah. And it's I a... I encourage all our couples to do that. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's a small, but, like, really fine detail that obviously everyone's going to... Not everyone's going to go to the bar, but majority is going to go to the bar and they're going to see it. And, you know, especially if you get it framed or you get a cute little sign of it made, um, you know, like his and hers drinks or however you do it, you know, it's... And a fun little story, maybe, or tell people, like, yeah, well, this is the story behind this. You know, it makes it even more special at that point, you know, like, the simple things. Um, yeah. All in the details, I feel like, with <laughs> events in general. Um, well, that's what an event is, right? It's yeah. Like if, if an event is well done, each little layer builds on top of itself mm-hmm. to create, like, this momentary world, and it's sure. temporary, and it's you know, just created for this one thing. Yeah. But yeah. if it's done well, everyone who walks in can feel it. You right. know, it's in the way that the theme is displayed, it's in the way the decor is, it's clearly the vibe in the air, you know, it's the food they're eating, it's sure. the place 
all of these kind of factors come together to create this little separate world for a few hours. Yeah, no, and definitely. And then everyone packs up and takes it apart, and you go home and you build it again the next day. Like, right. About events. It's like playing pretend. It's like this imaginary world for a few hours. It's and we all so crazy. Yeah. And it's, I think it's really cool with events how you could have a blank warehouse and just totally yeah. turn it into a full-on, like, feel like you're actually in Star Wars, like, on set. I mean, movies do it all the time, you know? Like, they make something out of nothing, you know? Like, wherever they are. It's like actors, their job is to, like, a suspension of reality, right? As as a viewer, your job is to, like, believe in that suspension of reality. And it's the same way with an event. It's like, when you go to an event, you should, like, Ideally, you should be an audience who's willing to participate in that event, right? right be a right. part of it. Yeah. Um, but th- that reminds me that Kristen Banta is someone I follow on Instagram and get a lot of inspiration from. And she's okay. an LA like event producer that does you know very big um, budget kind of events. And uh-huh. They're immersive experiences. Sure. You know, like sure. That, that's the, the high end of our field, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I know. Um, Mindy Weiss, too, who does all the Kardashians events, is over in L.A. also, and gosh, <laughs> just the things that they put on, it's just amazing to me. I, so cool. Yeah. So then, um, how can we help you? Like, me personally, uh, we as the listeners, um, how can we help you? Um, well, I love your support for Simple Fitness Sisters. We ship all over the country um, with our simple syrups. We have five core flavors and then rotating seasonal flavors. So uh, rhubarb vanilla, berry sage, uh, lemon herb, blueberry lavender, and r- rhubarb vanilla. I already said that. <laughs> um, and then we have our seasonal is huckleberry spruce tip, which is yeah. not out yet, but it'll be out like at the end of May. Okay. So really fun flavors to make craft quality cocktails at home. You know, you go to a bar and you pay like fifteen dollars for a cocktail in the Seattle area. Right. But the idea being with these, you can make that really unique, fun, elevated cocktail for like a dollar a serving. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just www.singlegoodnesssisters.com, and we'd love your support. Okay. And okay. then. Um, other than that, I don't know. I think, you know, just if you're planning your wedding, be kind to your vendors, be thoughtful about who you're choosing, um, really trying to figure out how to capture a little bit of yourself in that day and making sure that personalities match and stuff. I think, I think, like I said, there's a big learning process to planning your first event, like a wedding. And so, I think that more couples should just focus on finding people to work with that they really trust and enjoy to be with. Mm -hmm. And I know that budget is always a consideration, and that's usually the number one consideration, but I wish more people made it as a choice where, with an understanding how much of a difference that can make, those Mm -hmm. personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, And you might, like, splurge a little bit more for somebody that really puts you at ease the day of. Sure. Um, And... And, and if you're in the industry and listening, I guess the best advice I got is from a friend of mine, Paula, and she just always says, like, we're all in this together, and the best thing we can do is help make everyone stay a little brighter because we all work so hard, and it's the least productive thing in the world to get in the who works harder than who mm-hmm. thing that happens sometimes in the event industry. Like, 
you don't even know how hard it is to be a florist. Oh, you don't even know how hard it is to be a bartender. Mm-hmm. So what she does, which I absolutely love, is she puts together these little um, like candy packets, mm-hmm. and she anytime she goes and sets up an event, she gives a packet of homemade chocolates from a local chocolate company to each of the vendors who's there setting up their part. And it's just such a nice gesture um, to reach out to the other people there and say, like, I see you, you're working hard, and mm-hmm. I appreciate you. And, like, let's be honest, everyone loves her now because they get her chocolate. So sure. <laughs> a great way to network, too. Right, right. But if, if more people in our industry could be like that, that would be fantastic. I don't give chocolates, but I always give, a, you know, a free mocktail to any vendor who's just yeah, being honest about that. I try to be as friendly as possible, and I think the, the welcomeness and the, the warmth of the vendor community is mm-hmm. really important and it's part of why I love what I do. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, just building your team of people, you know, and not necessarily, obviously, every vendor that you have in your circle, you know, works for every single client. But, I mean, just being able to work with some here and there um, is just even more fun, you know, and even more so, like, all right, we're really going to get this done. You know, we're really going to do this. Um, yeah. No, I love that. Um, so then, do you have a last nugget for the Nugget crew before we sign off here? Yeah, I guess um, my nugget from Dolly Parton, and it's the motto by which I live my life. So she says, find out who you are and do it on purpose. And I just love that. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Well, Belinda, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing your story. It was really cool, actually, to hear that, you know, you started when you did and really were one of the first, if not the first, you know, in the industry to really bring what you have brought to the table. I mean, sounds like you're just really doing amazing things up in the Seattle area. Um, I Like I said, I have family up there so maybe next time um I'm up there I'll have to definitely hit you up and just be like hey let's go get drinks or hey <laughs> let's go hang out um yeah but, and then hopefully our shop is open and you yeah. can come get a drink yes no I would love that so much but um have a wonderful rest of your weekend thank you again for being flexible with me today um but yeah if there's anything that I can do for you in the meantime please let me know But, uh, yeah, have a wonderful rest of your weekend, and thank you. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yay. You have a great weekend, too. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys again for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Miranda Madison Events. If this podcast has brought you any sort of value or you've learned something possibly from a previous bride or a vendor that you're just wanting to pass on and someone just needs to hear, please share it on with them. Um, I am really excited for this podcast and I am wanting the world to hear it. So however I can help you guys, however I can bring you more value, um, perhaps there's another topic that you may want to hear, just let me know. Thank you guys. Bye.